0: Welcome to Mill Resource Radio, where we highlight military and veteran support organizations. Hear directly from organization leaders and those who've benefited from their services. Thousands of organizations exist, but if you don't know about them, how do you seek their help? Join us for discovery, access, and knowledge about effective military and veteran organizations, sharing their missions and accomplishments directly with you. And now here are your hosts, Linda Crater and Les Davis. We have a special episode to share with you today. And as my co-host, I'm excited to be joined by my delightful friend and colleague, Sandra Beck, host of Military Mom Talk Radio. It's such a pleasure when we join forces to talk with you. This show is the third in a mini-series of special episodes about the role and option of virtual and online education for children and military families. I want to tell you a little bit about the ones we've already done. In the first episode, we explored online virtual elementary school at the Virginia Virtual Academy with the Ronzio family and their children. Virginia Virtual gave the family flexibility and a specialty curriculum Because Lizzie, their 10-year-old daughter, was learning at a very accelerated pace, and she needed to have some challenge and to emphasize her love of math and learning. If you're interested in increasing the love of learning, this is a great way to do it, and we encourage you to listen to that show. Now, today as you're listening, if you'd like to find out more about what's available in your area, you can go to the computer at k12.com forward slash grade, and we will introduce you to some favorite subjects. But first, Sandra, it's so good to have you here today. Could you share a little bit about our second podcast that we did in this series?
1: Well, you know, Linda, we did a great show. We we, we met with a family, the Tuckers, and they were so much fun. They're currently stationed in Italy. And um, their son, Rafael, he's so amazing. He has visited 19 countries. He speaks three languages. Mm-hmm. He can take these online classes, Linda, like graphic arts and astronomy and you know for a lot of our military families including me we sometimes live in these rural areas where we're limited to what our local school can do and I know my kids would go bananas to be able to have like astronomy or you know digital graphic arts and so you know this online learning which is you know learning on the computer it can be virtual learning it can be um... called a whole bunch of things is really important because I think so many people think you just sit at a computer all day when reality is maybe 30% of your time is spent on the computer. So they're at this school, the Wyoming Virtual Academy, which is their legal state of residence because one of the things everybody needs to know right. is that you either have to be a resident of the state you're in or plan to retire there if you want to um, you know you want to participate in this so it's really good to go to k twelve dot com front slash grade as Linda said because you then can check out you know what is available for you and One of the things that military kids have that so many other kids don't have is they have this kind of whole country or whole globe Mm -hmm. engagement. You know, they've had mom and dad in places that most elementary kids have never heard of. They've they've looked at maps. They've seen photographs or they've traveled or been stationed or they PCS to Germany or to Japan. And, you know, they've had all these wild experiences that are so great. Um that other kids don't have. So this is a really great opportunity for military kids that either move from post to post or or follow their families around the world to really get like their teeth dug into these strong academics.
0: Well, and they seem to enjoy it thoroughly. It's something that gives them a different community of kids to be around. They can delve into the subjects that truly interest them. And It is not one-size-fits-all, which is fantastic in terms of the flexibility and the options for the family. So today's show is a little bit different. We're going to take a focus apart from the academic experiences that we've already shared in the previous two shows. And we're going to talk about learning on a different channel. And this is outreach and clubs that are built into the curriculum and are opportunities available to the children. And we found one special project at the Colorado Preparatory Academy, and it really interested us. And we are going to be talking with the teacher who leads this national student club, which is one of many. Later on in the show, we're going to talk to the Colorado representative of Quilts for Valor, a nonprofit that has donated a whopping 141,819 handmade quilts to veterans and their families. But let's get started with our first guest, Jennifer Chase. Jennifer is a state certified teacher at the Colorado Preparatory Academy. Jennifer, welcome to Military Network Radio. Thank you, Linda. It's a pleasure to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. Sandra, I think you would like to get into Jennifer's background. You're the quilter.
1: I am the quilter. Well, I would say I'm the terrible quilter, but I'm also (laughs) the nosy Rosie on the show. So I love to get to know, you know, who we're talking to. So um, Jen, give us the background. Like, you know, I'm a single mom, self-supporting, soul providing for two elementary school age boys. So I'm right in your demographic. And you know, some of the things I've done with quilting has made such a difference in my life, even though I'm most famous for the ugly quilt. We'll get into that later. Mm-hmm. So, Jen, tell me a little bit about yourself.
2: Sure. I've been teaching at Colorado Preparatory Academy for about two years, which, has, which is part of the K-12 school systems, the virtual ones online, for over seven years. And it has been wonderful i got tapped into the national clubs and so i've been hosting the quilting club for over six years and it's been wonderful it has students from across the nation who can explore and try their hands at quilting and the national clubs allow students to um, join a club that that they are interested in and those clubs are a huge variety of different things from hobbies to music to art to success builders world interests um, just a large number of clubs that students could can join so that is excellent um And I'm the quilting club leader. Last year, we had about 40 active members from across the nation. That's
0: amazing. Uh, Okay, so I
1: just got to jump in here. Oh, I'm sorry, Linda. No, no, go for it. How do you quilt across the nation? I had a hard time quilting in my living room. So can you just give me a sample of what that looks like?
2: Sure. I love it because um, my first career, I was an engineer. I worked with computers. And then my second career, I became a teacher. And to be online teaching kind of mixes that, that, um, you know, high tech plus the joy of teaching. And for quilting... Remember those old-fashioned quilting bees, and you envision all these old ladies sitting around a dining room table, and it's really not a dining room table, it's this frame that was holding the quilt, but they're all squished around it, quilting the layers, the top, the batting, and the back, all together, and they're just chatty-catties. Talking away as their hands are so busy sewing and quilting that quilt. And so take that vision um, of the old-fashioned quilting bee and bring it into the online world. And it's really cool because the platform, um, here we are in Skype and we can have little pictures of each other, but in the classroom virtual setting, uh, you can turn on the video. Kids can see each other. I can have um, videos going. I can have powerpoints that have pictures from quilting we in the quilting club i teach the kids from the basics of what style little stitches you can do how to build your basic um two fabric quilt that has a top middle and back all the way up to sewing complicated blocks and these kids are learning and trying all across the nation just by watching it it's kind of like a live youtube and we meet Um, twice a month for about an hour and the best part about it is kids come on the webcam and show the projects they're working on whether they're completed in process and things that they've made in the past I think quilters just love to share the work that they've done and so it's a great opportunity for students to share what they're doing and for them to visually see each other it is
0: great I've got a question for you Jennifer You say they gather around the quilting form, but are they putting together a quilt of their own uh, where they are? Are they contributing to a larger quilt? How does that work? Are they on individual projects or is this a group project?
2: Great question throughout the whole school year students can work on individual projects that are all very optional so if they choose to do it they can but as a whole group project you can call it a service learning project Um, we create one quilt and the students pick the design and they get to sew the individual block. Some kids provide their own fabric and in other cases I will send them the fabric th- through snail mail. They'll sew the, quil- the block together. Uh-huh. All the students send the quilts back to me. They get sewn together and then a volunteer either quilts it for us or I take it to a quilting shop where we use their long arm to quilt the layers together and then finally um, after the binding is sewn on we send it off to the quilt of valor foundation and it is donated to somebody touched by war typically a veteran
0: you know that's a wonderful story that makes it clearer because i was having a hard time figuring out which part was virtual and which part was a group activity um sandra you had a funny story
1: Oh, about, um, about uh, quilting and technology. Um, right. Y- you guys, when I was home, my mom passed away a couple years ago, and my dad is finally to the point of letting me clean out some of my mom's stuff. So I got this little embroidery hoop, you know, the little hoops that you you, you kind of sew on, and then you take it, and then you you add it into the quilt part of it. So I was so excited to get my mom's embroidery quilt, and you know, it's on the kitchen table, and my little uh, fifth grader, soon-to-be fifth grader, comes in, and he's looking at it, and I, he's like, what is this, mom? And I, I tell him, and I show him how he uses it, and he kept looking at it, and I said, what are you looking for? He said, where do you plug it in?
2: (laughs) No way.
3: Yeah.
2: Oh, my goodness.
0: Yep. Merging old fashioned to to today's world. It seems like such a wonderful way, though, to bring kids together. And, And some of these skills are wonderful for practical use, as well as it does seem as though it gives a lot of time for talking because don't kids talk more when they're doing something else and not meeting your eyes? Do you find that that opens conversation? Yeah. Oh man. The the virtual classroom is
2: excellent. It's like instant messaging there is a chat window that's controlled by the teacher or the host or whoever is leading the session Mm -hmm. and so you open it up so that the students can i am each other during the session and the chit chat that flies through the chat window is amazing they're sharing what they've been working on they often ask oh what grade level you are in because i have students from kindergarten through 12th grade they're Hmm. um, in different locations different parts of the state so we always open up with a a map of the U.S. and they point to where they're at but then when they say oh I'm I'm in Georgia who else is in Georgia and then they strike up private chats that they then go off on this little tangent and the two of them will start chit-chatting about oh do you have this teacher I have that teacher oh are you going to this um field trip that's planned for next Friday. I hope to see you there. So it's a wonderful way for students to connect in a safe environment with the supervision
0: of the teacher and allow them to be chit-chatting. That's fantastic. We are going to go on a short commercial break now, but we will be right back. We're Mill Resource Radio, and we'll be back after these short messages. Are you a family caregiver in the military community? Join us on VeteranCaregiver.com. In the military and veteran community, there are five and a half million caregivers of our nation's injured, ill, and wounded. Whether your family member served in World War II or in the most recent Iraq and Afghanistan complex, there are unique needs of military and veteran caregivers. Navigating any medical system takes skill and help in obtaining good care. Veteran Caregiver has access to a rich network of advocates and organizations to assist you. Find excellent resources, short informative videos, an active Facebook community, and empathetic support. Veteran Caregiver supports those from every service branch and those who served in any conflict. Need information on sandwich caregiving, EFMP, or aging issues? VeteranCaregiver.com provides information and community to those managing busy lives with compassionate care. That's VeteranCaregiver.com. Support for those who care. We are here talking to Jennifer about the K-12 Quilting Club. Jen, you've been the club sponsor for six years now. What do you think the hook is for the kids that makes them join? Something that they've never done before, or perhaps it's already their passion.
2: We have so many different clubs to offer. So if many of the students, you know, the first time they join, they're like, I've never quilted. I am just, I'd love to learn how. And it's a wonderful way to get them into the art of quilting. And some of the kids also... If they're you know they'll share their projects, and some of them like to sew doll clothes and some of them like to knit or crochet, and so it's also a place for them to come and just share the projects that they are working on. The the club totally focuses on quilting, but we certainly do not rule out when kids want to come on the webcam and share what they've been doing. It's so exciting, and a lot of times um, when students share ideas, I had a mom working with their kindergartner making this little cat quilt and each block the she the kindergartner was making the cat they had about six of them (laughs) and then they were kind of done with making this the blocks that look like cats and she was frustrated because she didn't know how to put it together and during the student share time another student had made this quilt that had blocks with hearts in them and some of the the blocks had hearts and then other ones were just plain fabric or fabric Mm -hmm. with polka dots or stripes intermixed with the the blocks of hearts The mom types into the chat window, oh, my gosh, I know how we're going to finish the cat quilt. And so it's that sharing of ideas that Mm -hmm. inspires somebody else to go, oh, yes, I can do that, too. Or that's a cool way to take just a few blocks and create a big quilt out of it. And so it's a a nice platform where other people are inspiring um, other students to go – Go to the next level with their quilting
0: and it's creative very
2: yes and some of the stuff that these students have done is amazing i think i like the one quilt where the student had velvet in there she had satin she had um stripes polka dots she had like fabric from the 70s in it it was the wildest kind of crazy quilt i've seen and this was coming from a middle school student and so just Seeing what youngsters can do really helps inspire all the other students around them to believe that they can do it too.
1: Well, I think there's there's so much going on here. You know, you talk about empowerment. We're going to inspire others. Mm-hmm. You talk about teaching geography. You're you're creating a sense of community when people are scattered all over the country, especially for children. That's really tough for them. And fellowship that you're talking about. But I want to take it one level deeper for a minute, if I might. One of the things that happens when you get a group together like this, um, and they're working on these, these joint or ancillary programs, projects is you also start digging into emotions and feelings that are associated with these things I know when kids pick out certain things like you mentioned the polka dots and the stripes and then the you know the different fabrics and the hearts and the kittens and Mm -hmm. the other things but those lead into you know input for parents to see where their kid is or or leaders to see you know how kids are feeling because creativity and art and fellowship also includes emotions and feelings and do you find that this gives the kids an outlet for feelings and especially there could be sometimes feelings of isolation and loneliness that can be abated by some of these super clubs
2: Oh, definitely. And I think it's that sharing part when, when you are validated for something that you did and the student is sharing their quilt. One, one girl did one that was in a black and, and white and pink motif. And it really, you know, she had a picture of herself and her quilt because she did it for 4-H. And when you saw it, it just spoke so much of her personality. And then in the next student who shared theirs had more the walt disney theme and the 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 happy go lucky and so definitely their quilts are a reflection of themselves but they get validation because then as they're sharing other students type in oh my gosh that's a cool way to do the black and pink or oh i love Pooh bear too and (laughs) you know it's just a neat way for students to be validated for who they are what they've done and they're being seen I I think that's huge they see who they are through others one of the best pieces is when the quilt of valor is all put together and as we are making it the kids see the different pieces as they come in because the the kids send them in as they're they're making them and so they'll come in in January, February March and I'll post them and the kids get to come on the the webcam and the microphone and share about it but then when they're all put together in one quilt and I call it kind of the unveiling of the whole quilt you can just feel the enthusiasm excitement and the pride that the kids have when they use their pointer to point to the block that they made Mm -hmm. and type into the chat window I found mine. It's over there in the upper left-hand corner. Do you see it? And then we let the kids like draw on the board to circle theirs to make comments. And then we clean the whiteboard, and then the blocks are there. And then we say, which one's your favorite? And the pointers are just jumping from block to block to block, because they can't pick just one. But it just reassures the student what they did, what they created, came together with everybody else's but still their unique identity can be pulled out from their individual block and yet it's together with everybody else's and also the giving aspect, that giving yeah. it to a veteran. And we had, um, because it's a national club and we do this all virtually, um, you know, the students can't necessarily be there for the presentation. And last year, we had a student who was local in Colorado and had the honor of giving two of our quilts to veterans, placing the quilts over the shoulders of the veteran. And that it's just amazing, you know, the emotions that you can feel, see. Um, that quilt had a huge eagle as part of the center of it. It mm-hmm. had poems that students had written in the quilt club, printed onto the fabric, and sewn right into the quilt itself. And we have this one snapshot of the older veteran receiving his quilt the the surprised look on his face and the first words out of his mouth were how did you know I love eagles and (laughs) it was just like yes and so it it is just wonderful Um, all the way around the students contribute in so many different ways and we share those photos online with them even if they can't be present at the presentation at another club meeting, we will share photos from it. The girl who was there was able to come on the microphone and share the experience. So it's a wonderful way for students to share in the Quilt of Valor Foundation in just sharing their own projects and just being together with their peer group.
0: You know, well, I and I'm oh, oh, sorry, Sam. Sorry. Well, I'd say go ahead. <laughs> let's just say one comment. There's. There's so much more going on here than quilting. There is, there's everything from communication and engagement and time together and expression and creativity. And Sandra, I think that's probably where you're going as well, isn't it?
1: Well, absolutely. Because, you know, I hear all the time, I've done a bunch of, you know, online virtual learning, remote learning, distance learning, whatever you want to talk about, however you want to call it, they're all the same thing. But the big thing that people always think about is like these students lack socialization, they lack social skills. And, you know, you're here telling us that, you know, this is all created within these clubs. And, you know, when Typically, Linda, the military kids move six to nine times during their childhood. Mm -hmm. That's a lot. And to create fellowship, to create community by using online services that have like a huge range of subject matter really is a benefit for our military kids, especially for those when they bounce around between states or between schools. Sometimes you have to repeat content. You have to, um, you know, study something twice or part of something twice or get behind or start ahead or you're not al- eligible for, you know, certain courses because you didn't take the precursor. All these things affect our military kids. And this brings them together in a community and it allows them to create friendships that I believe will last a lifetime.
2: I'm going to jump in because that continuity is excellent. I had girls in the quilting club who were there for four years running and the first club meeting in – September, they're like, oh, Cheney, you're back. It's great to see, you know, and they're typing this into the chat window and they they recognize each other. They see each other. And definitely if you're talking about the continuity with the academics, that is, you know, online environment. It doesn't matter if you're in um, Georgia, Colorado, Nevada, or Utah, it doesn't matter. You can tap into it and it will be the same year after year.
0: You know, there's a, a wonderful country song that I absolutely love, and it is a, a father who takes his daughter out fishing, and it's quiet time together. And there's a line in that song that this reminds me of. Uh, after they are quilting instead of fishing at this point, the, the line in the song says, And she just thinks we're fishing. They just may think they're quilting, but they're not. They're gaining that connection you talked about, using their creativity, using their skills, getting practical applications for future skills that they'll use, you know, when they are older. And it's quite amazing that the Quilting Club does bring together many more things than simply quilting. It's just a vehicle that provides them with that connection and engagement with the larger community and ties them together without the isolation, as Sandra said. It's it's very true. I would like to bring in our second guest today, and Alicia Carmen is with the Quilts of Valor. She's a former learning coach with uh, K-12 and a friend of Jennifer's, and we'd like to welcome you to Military Network Radio, Alicia. Thank you. It's good to be here. Well, we're delighted to have you here. So you're the Colorado representative for Quilts of Valor? Yes. Okay. And what does that exactly mean?
3: Um, You know, that's a really good question sometimes. I actually facilitate a group of quilters in my local area, and um, that's where we make a lot of our quilts. And then I coordinate all the Quilt of Valor activities throughout the state. For example, when Miss Amy's quilt was finished, I coordinated finding the veteran for it, and coordinated the um, award ceremony where the veteran was going to get it um, and made sure that she could have her kids here to witness it and that kind of thing. Mm. So I work with a lot of the different military branches. Uh, I work with our our state. Well, it's Fort Carson. I work with the, the, vet, the VA administration. I work with some combat veteran groups, uh, making sure that we're in there awarding quilts to our veterans who've been touched by war. Fantastic.
0: Now, I think just so that our listeners understand, what is a learning coach?
3: Well, a learning coach um, is a dedicated learning facilitator. So um, in addition to the instructions that we get from our state certified teachers, Mm -hmm. I would stay with my kids and kind of monitor their work. Um, I would answer any questions. I would be available to help teach them to do the class attendance, kind of to make sure that they get all of their there are things done that are supposed to be finished for that day. Makes sense.
0: So you're a facilitator within the teaching process. Is that how you met
3: Jennifer? It is. We met through K-12. She was actually one of my, my son's math teachers, and I met her through his classes. And then um, because we shared a mutual love of quilting, we just sort of hit it off and have become really good friends.
0: Perfect.
1: I'm going to jump in right now because I've done a bunch of quilting shows on my sister show, Military Mom Talk Radio, and... um I just think quilts of valor is so good, and I just want to plug uh, quilting and quilting with respect to trauma. Um, starting from like when my little guy, I had two preemies, and I was given quilts for both of them uh, in the NICU. Uh, one of my kids was in there for a month, the other for two weeks, and I got to bring them home with these little quilts, and I didn't, I didn't want to give them back. And they are actually in my most cherished possessions, and those like our baby quilts. And then when you look at the quilts that that you are creating for people who are suffering from different traumatic experiences like it cannot be denied how powerful quilting is at every level from the people who make the quilts to designing the quilts to getting together and producing the quilts and I'm just going to blab for another second more when I got divorced and I represent a lot of military women who are divorced raising children on their own The first weekend that my kids were with their dad for four days straight, you know, I had them till they were like four and six, and then I had to like give them up, which was really hard for me. Um, I cried. I cried. I could not stop crying. And I went through all their baby clothes and their t-shirts and I made what we call the ugly quilt. The kids call it the ugly quilt because it's like their stained t-shirts. It was just things that had memory to me. And I sat there for four days, girls, and I cried and I sewed and I cried and I sewed. It got me through that. And for the first couple months adjusting to the new custody schedule, I would wrap myself in my own quilt. And it would help me. And so, girls, if you're listening out there, I cannot deny. Sometimes people think quilting is like old fuddy-duddy stuff for like our grandmas. But it really isn't. It is so powerful. And there's my soapbox, so I'll shut up now.
3: Well, I, no, that's a, I'm sorry. That, that's a really good story. These quilts have made a huge difference in the lives of thousands of our veterans. I, there's many, many stories. We have one where a specific vet, he was in Vietnam, and he had not slept for 40 years. Um, you know, he'd get three and four hours of sleep here and there, but just really not a good night's sleep. And we were able to award him his quilt of valor. And I got a call about four or five days later and he was just shocked. He, he had gone home, you know, he had the, the typical nightmares that came up again. And instead of just dealing with the nightmares this time, he took his quilt and he wrapped it around him.
0: There you he go. He knew
3: that that quilt had been made by three at least three people because that's what's shown up on the label. But he knew that it had been made by so many hands and that was the first night he slept through the night. So they're very healing and they're they're very comforting and they very much let these people know how much we still appreciate them for their past service, for their you know the service that they're doing right now You know that that's,
0: that was just a beautiful story and it, it really does make sense. Let's go back to quilting. It has a history there are quilts that tell stories. There are theme quilts. They're often used to pass down family history. For the, this club, who decides the design of the quilt that will be made up for the Quilt of Valor? And is there meaning in the pattern chosen?
2: I'm going to jump in with that one. The club sure. has made... um four so far Mm -hmm. and the first one was just going to be the simplest pattern. I chose a pattern, the simplest one I could figure out that I could send to students and have students make. Mm -hmm. It's called a split rail. That way you sew three or four um, stripes together and each block is either a set of vertical or horizontal stripes, mm-hmm. and they can be of any colors, but because it is a quilt of valor, we kind of stuck with our red, white, and blue type theme, but, you know, it didn't have to be, and that's what gave it character. And then as the, each year, the students became more and more involved with choosing the pattern. Another year, we did um, hearts and stripes so that they learn. Or, I'm sorry, stars and stripes. <laughs> and they learned how to do stars through applique, a couple styles with patchwork. So the club had reviewed about six different styles that they could do. And then other ones who were just brand new, they just did the stripes. And so that was called the Stars and Stripes quilt. Last year, they did the Star Spangled Banner. And so it, as it has evolved, the students pick. Um, their their choice of the quilt, the design it's going to be, and then from there we proceed with the quilting.
0: It it sounds absolutely perfect. What, What comes to mind too is that these skills, the handwork, the concentration, even the completion of a task these are often missed. And and kids today are so fragmented with their cell phones and media and all sorts of things that are going on that there must be enormous satisfaction in applying themselves toward finishing something that means something to others, especially when working in a group setting.
2: Definitely, because I have to have due dates to have all the blocks to sew them together. And I have a due date. I think the best one was when I took a photo of every single block the students sent in, and that was like 50 blocks. (laughs) Put them on a PowerPoint on one slide, and then the kids went into what we call breakout rooms, and they could manipulate each block and arrange how they wanted the quilt to, to fall out. And so they were working in groups of three students in each little room, kind of trying to figure out the design they wanted, and then at the end, they selected the design that they wanted. And what's really neat, with quilting and you know alicia mentioned that i was a math teacher and so <laughs> near and dear to my heart is being a math teacher and quilting is just chock full of math what size seam are we going to use a quarter inch half inch if all our blocks are supposed to be the same we need to be using the same seam allowance and what size quilt are we going to mm-hmm. how big is each block therefore how many blocks do we need to fill that entire quilt or as it turns out maybe I get more blocks than we anticipated so now do we add a row or do we add a column and so asking the students to help in creating the design and putting it all together really pulls in a ton of math and anytime I'm in session I'll use oh those are horizontal versus vertical stripes oh man tons of time in my math classroom students don't know the difference between a horizontal line or vertical mm. which would mean if you have two intersecting that way you've got perpendicular lines and at the time you know i teach middle school math and any time i can throw in the word like parallel or vertical or oh what we need to figure out how long the binding's going to be the piece of fabric that goes all the way around the outside of the quilt that's the perimeter. And so I just go off totally. And I'm like, oh, did you guys see that? Did you? And, and I know their curriculum. And I know that if I've got my middle school students, I'll be like, okay, my eighth graders out there, what's perimeter? And they'll type it in or kids jump on the microphone. And it's very interactive. And so it's also tying that piece of math into their quilting and just showing them, look at how we use numbers to do everything. Mm -hmm. And quilting is an excellent example of that.
1: Well, and that's, I'm just going to jump in here, um, Alicia, because I have a fifth grader and an eighth grader, and I am so sick and tired of hearing, why do we have to learn this, Mom? This has no practical application. And I always resort to, like, donut math, you know, like how to make a donut, you know, using a three-dimensional plane, or this is why we have to know axes. And, you know, they're like, oh, my God, Mom, it's the donut story again. I'm like, well, really, it's in higher mathematics and computer programming too. But... All of those things come together when you have this amazing curriculum. You know, you're talking about spatial awareness. You're talking about layout and design. You're talking about digital graphic creation. You're talking a lot of, you know, really extensive uh, skill sets that could lead to lifelong careers that they love through one simple quilting class. Like, I feel like I'm raising the quilt flag going rah, rah, rah. But there's (laughs) so much to it. For kids, like, they don't realize, like, Linda's fishing story, like, they think they're just fishing. They think they're just quilting, and they have no idea the richness that this brings um, through such a, a, a simple historic art, which is very complicated, I think, because I suck at it. But can you tell me what, um, what's the hardest thing about running, you know, like, like, or maybe this is for Jen, but running a quilt program and then getting the quilts to Quilts of Valor? I don't know who feels better to answer that.
3: As I'm going to hand as, that one
2: over to Alicia.
3: Yes. Well, as far as getting the quilts to me for to be awarded, we have a lot of different ways to do that because Miss Amy and I are in the same state. Um, we use my husband as a quilt mule a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's he, he drives, a new one. Okay. <laughs> he drives back and forth, but um, I travel up and down the state visiting lots of different quilt groups and uh, lots of different locations. And so I try to let people know where I am so the quilts can get to me. And a lot of times we do rely on mail service. Um, We do award ceremonies uh, in the Springs, in Denver, um, in, in four or five different locations throughout the state. So that's also a way that people can come and get to me. And plus they can see what it's like to award the quilts to a veteran and how much those quilts really do mean to them.
0: I think the most interesting part that I'm I'm hearing is all of you are talking about this is that the children put down their phones because they have to use their hands and they have to focus and they have to concentrate. And so it's quieting, which I think is such a useful skill for anyone to learn because if you're not able to self-soothe and to quiet and to focus on something else, you're, you're really at a loss in today's society. So how much is that quiet time welcomed by them?
3: Well, when my kids were a part of it, uh, sometimes they'd fight a little bit, but once they got into the task at hand or what it was that they were doing, it became a very important part of their day and a very important part of expressing themselves and being a part of something bigger.
0: Makes perfect sense. You know, I love the camaraderie that you're talking about, whether it's virtual or if it's at home. Uh, with the learning coach in in the family, but it does bring everyone together for a common purpose. It's perfect. Sandra just Mm -hmm. sent me a note about a Pokemon quilt. I mean, can you imagine...
1: Well, because we've got, you know, everybody's walking around. I was at the beach the other day. They're walking around on their digital phones at the beach (laughs) in Southern California on a beautiful day looking for Pokemon. But you can see how, you know, we can incorporate digital technology in the school systems with an online virtual academy like this to the likes and desires of the current students. Because I think it's really hard today for parents, especially military parents, to accommodate for the likes and dislikes for all the different things out there there's so many myths out there that you know kids are on the computer all the time or computers damaging for them or it's not good for them these chat rooms are wonderful and you know they allow in monitoring so that there's no bullying i mean there's just so many good Mm -hmm. things about this uh linda i could go on forever
0: well we do we have a very short break to go through now and then we will come right back and we are talking about online learning and giving back to the community We're Mill Resource Radio, and we'll be back after these short messages. Join the millions of women each month who listen to Wise Health for Women Radio. Women are pressed daily to give more, learn more, and be more, often at the expense of mind, body, or spirit. Join us for revitalizing conversations on fresh ways to view your limited time, encouraging new, healthier perspectives. You provide a special spark to those around you, and you manage many roles, entrepreneur, mom, wife, coach, friend, daughter, and more. Here's a great way to inspire and nurture you. I'm Wise Health for Women Radio. Host Linda Crater and her amazing guests share how to move toward your wishes and dreams and find what is possible in your busy life. If not today, then when? Take steps to flourish over 40. Join us on Wise Health for Women Radio Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time on iTunes and more at wisehealthforwomenradio.com. Helping women thrive. Dynamic Woman, Sandra Beck and Linda Crater host Dynamic Women Talk Radio, bringing lively weekly shows in a roundtable format with influential guests from around the globe. This amazing tribe of diverse and accomplished women share their candid views on topics such as reputation, handling rejection, loyalty, what is sexy, overthinking, blended families, and much more. Discussions are joyful with freedom to address topics from various perspectives with candor, respect, and no judgment. These are the conversations you wish you could have with all your family and friends. Dynamic women have lived their lives boldly with unexpected and sometimes undesired turns in the road of life. Yet detours and bumps bring opportunity, personal growth, more authenticity, and a fresh outlook. Join our welcoming tribe of Dynamic Women each Tuesday at 12 p.m. Eastern Time, also on iTunes, and more information at DynamicWomenTalkRadio.com. Celebrating vibrant, charismatic women everywhere. I think this question goes to, I think Alicia would be good for this. When you have online learning, I think that there are some people who are really concerned as parents that too much effort might fall onto their shoulders in terms of their children and virtual learning and what do they do and is it overwhelming and they don't take it on for that reason. Can you explain, since you were the learning coach, how that actually works and what it looks like so that you may dispel some of the concerns parents have if they're
3: considering this for their children? Of course. When we first enrolled... Uh, We got a learning packet. Uh We also got our books, uh, our curriculum, everything that we were going to do. And with each class that the kids were taking, we had a virtual teacher. So this teacher would give us a schedule of when they were having class meetings, when they were teaching certain concepts, when they had office hours, when they had availability for you to go meet them in a chat room uh, for any kind of help that you needed for those classes. They kind of gave you a schedule as to how each class was going to be accomplished. So you as the learning coach would help your kids understand what they were going to do that day and you could help plug them into the different classes that were being offered that day. You also had the option if you were going to be doing something as a family to skip that online class and watch a recording later if you'd like, so that recording would help the kids learn as well. Not every single class was needed for us. Um, My kids had some, they were smart in certain areas so they could kind of skip through some of that knowing what they were going to do. So there's a lot of support. We also had different groups in our area that would meet every so often and just to talk about the things that you were doing, the classes you were taking. It was very well organized, very laid out for us, but also very flexible. Um, With my kids, we spent a lot of time traveling up and down the state, doing our various Quilts of Valor activities on top of online learning. So we could schedule our days where we did some more book stuff in the car, and we'd come back and do online things at different times that fit into our schedule. But the teachers were always available uh, via chat, via email. Um, A lot of them gave you their phone numbers so that you could get in touch with them at any time you needed them. I think it was one of the better ways for my kids to learn because I got to supervise what they were doing. We could incorporate the things they were learning into our everyday chit-chat. We live on a ranch. When we're out measuring the ingredients for the feed for our animals, Mm. We could incorporate math, we could incorporate science. Uh, They had a whole huge environmental unit, which we loved. Um, So we took a big hike out through our ranch and we tried to find all the different components what these teachers were teaching us at the time. So I felt that it was one of the best things I did for my kids. Um, I think they excelled in all of their knowledge. I think they got a little bit farther ahead than other kids. Mm -hmm. on where they are in college right now. I'm going to go with that because that's me. Um, but <laughs> it was to me, it was really great. It was flexible. I had a big support group. I could kind of live my life as well as uh, take my kids special places. One of the things we really liked to do was go to the museums and the zoos, and we could get there before the public schools got there. So the docents were working with us one-on-one. We got to go to some behind-the-scenes things that you wouldn't have got anywhere else because you would have been a huge group. So it's very flexible, a lot of support, and I've really enjoyed my time doing online learning with the kids.
0: I know, I'm feeling like I lost out by not having online learning. I love listening to this. It would have been fun to participate. So Jennifer, what are some of the other clubs that are available? Because clearly Alicia is well-connected when she did the things with her children. What are some of the other clubs that K-12 offers? interests
2: yeah k-12 covers a huge um, variety of clubs you can get into the academic types like a writing club or a history club you can join the math club if you excel there or a science or technology and then of course quilting falls under their hobby categories I know um, kids in my class in in my classes are like part of the American Girl um, there's 4 is in there, lots of different things there's the art club and then they also have um, for the older students some success builders to help them start getting ready for college and career and definitely the world interests and cuisine and cooking out there it's just a huge and of course the Lego one and they had a Minecraft one you know just about anything you can think of they probably had a club on it and I also was the host of for example the kindergarten through fifth grade um, explore explorations club and we traveled across the globe and across it, uh, back in time to visit different places people and things and it was such a joy because I teach middle school students and anytime I had those younger kindergarten through fifth graders in my club and we were exploring for example we did the Statue of Liberty we did um, Henry Ford we did um, Archimedes there's my math plug again and all is <laughs> cool scientific devices and oh the kids loved it in every session I would um, send out a coloring page and then the kids Kids would um, send as an attachment to an email. their colored in one. And then the next club meeting, I'd have them all posted. And the kids could see their drawings. And I think the coolest one was on Archimedes. And we were doing his screw pump. It's a pump that it's a screw that naturally takes like water from a lower level. And as you turn the, the screw, it pulls the water up to a higher level.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: I got a message from from the little boy saying we have one of those at my park and his mom sent me the picture from his park and so the next session we were able to post it and he came on the microphone with his cute little voice and just pointed out to all the other students and you can circle on the whiteboard see here's that archimedes pump and it was just wonderful and then the statue of liberty one um I don't teach the elementary, but lo and behold, they learn about Lady Liberty. I never used that phrase when we were in club. You know, it was the Statue of Liberty, and we talked all about her. And they watched little um, uh, YouTube clips on it that you put through uh, uh, safe Safeview, so it's all safe for the kiddos. And that's the beauty of it as a teacher, I keep your kids safe. And so Mm -hmm. I'm not just sending them out onto the web to these weird places. It's in a controlled, safe environment for these youngsters. And I get a message back saying, oh man, history class went so fast yesterday. We'd learned about Lady Liberty. I didn't use that phrase. The little boy connected what we had done in the club to what his next lesson in history was and he was just so jazzed that his lesson went so fast that day because he already knew it all because we had explored it through pictures, through videos, through his drawings, through talking with each other, playing matching games on, on the whiteboard and so it's just really neat how if you have teachers leading these clubs the kids think they're just having a whole bunch of fun and then the next day it's like oh my gosh I just learned about that in club and so it really really brings all of that learning to life for them and it's really neat to be able to do that in a virtual setting another time we and and one of my the the fun thing that i like to do with those kiddos is have a picture of the globe and then a picture of where we're going and for example we studied the vikings and their longboats and so i have everybody get their pointer and put it on the state that they live in And then they follow my pointer as we sail across the Atlantic, as we fly across the Atlantic ocean and we land in Norway and we see that on the globe, but on the globe, Norway was this little, little place. And so then the next thing I do is unveil the map of, of Norway and we then see how it's right there on the ocean and it was way up there. And the kids just love doing that, follow the leader. And even as the, the the teacher in there it's just so much fun to see all their little pointers flying over the Atlantic and landing in Norway and then jumping to where we're going and that was a common thing that I did we also um learned about the the Russian transcontinental railroad and so when they saw the globe and then they saw Russia they were ahead of me Going over the Atlantic and landing in Moscow, and so it was kind of like showing the kids where they can go relative to where they are. And you know it, it's so cool to do some of the use the tools that are available in the classroom and yet expose them to the whole world
0: around them. Well, just hearing the excitement in your voice, I, I'm not sure who's getting the most out of this, the teachers <laughs> or the students, because I think it works on both ways, which means it feeds the energy, and it just makes children want to learn more, which is, of course, what every teacher is looking for, every parent is looking for, and frankly, every child is looking for, because it to just go creatively and apply what you see and do, you just gave about 10 stories where kids took the initiative to go another step in the right direction. And, and that's remarkable because we have to raise global, aware, um, very engaged kids these days who can independently think, and that's what you're allowing them to do. So is this club factor A huge part of what makes these virtual academies work in terms of not only good academics, but in terms of engagement.
2: Oh, definitely. We have studies where if your student is in a club and engaged in something outside of pure academics, that their academics soar. And I know that some of our virtual academies say, you know, we really want the kids to sign up. Sign up for two clubs, because the data supports it.
3: And the fun thing about that is if there's something that your kids are interested in and you're not a pro at it, those clubs exist and and really engage your kids and help them learn more than what you as a parent could research to teach your kids. So it's very helpful.
1: I'm gonna jump in here really quick because I wanna know, do you think that your students, the K-12 students, do you think they have more time to dedicate to service projects than traditionally schooled kids?
3: In my case, I think they did. Uh, Quilts of Valor is a big part of our lives. It has been for 11 years, and every year they were very involved in it, as well as another type of club that enhanced their learning, something they wanted to do. I had a kid that wanted to do robots. I had a kid that wanted to do art. Um, So I think it did.
1: God bless them for being so different.
3: (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah. You try to teach that. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. You know, I want to thank
0: both Jennifer and Alicia for joining us today. This is a glimpse into just one of the clubs in this virtual learning community. And it's obvious that in addition to the academics, these are good citizens being raised here. They're giving back. They have hearts of service and strong engagement. If you are interested in finding out more about virtual public schools like the Colorado Preparatory Academy, you go to k12.com forward slash grade, and you can search for what's available in your state. The prior shows that we talked about on the elementary school and high school may be found on militarynetworkradio.com and militarymomtalkradio.com and also on iTunes. The enrollment is still open for the new academic year starting just a month or so and you find that more information specifically for your state at k12.com forward slash grade thank you again to jennifer alicia for joining us today and we will be back with another great show for you next week thank you also sandra thank you for listening to mill resource radio for more information go to millresourceradio.com